Mambo vipi? What's happening? My name is Aniko Owoko and I am a lover of art, culture and everything African. And here we grant you front row access to your favorite celebrities, creators, the biggest personalities and industry experts. Come with me. You're now a VIP. This week's podcast is spicy, for lack of a better word. I have Brown Sugar herself here. Yes. She's a boss lady, a creative entrepreneur. She's a playlist curator. She's a musician. She's a content curator. She has a degree in journalism and so many other things yes. that she wears on her cap. Yes. And this beautiful hair. Welcome, <laughs> Valerie Madoni. <Thank> <laughs> What an introduction. What's up, girl? What's up? I'm actually finishing my journalism degree. I love it. I yes. love it for you. Yes. And I can tell from your bio, like such a beautiful, mm. well-written bio. I love Thank it. You, I didn't you know, all the bios are like, I won this award and my <laughs> album is this. But it's right. just like, no, I'm a boy. Who are you? Who are you I'm all these different things yes. and still exist as you know, as a person. Yes. Yeah. I love it. Thank you. I wrote that bio myself. I could tell. Uh, I could tell. And this is what I advise artists. I always say, like, mm. I can't even help you as a publicist, mm-hmm. but I can't define yourself better than you. Right. So sometimes I always tell artists, write me a little thing about you, then I'm going to spice it. Yeah, up. as a guide. But it's always best for you to define yourself, mm-hmm. to define your brand. Mm-hmm. And... He is one person defining herself and her brand. Period. I love it. Thank you. We learn from the best. Come oh, on. Sante. <laughs> yes. And it doesn't stop at the, you know, writing your own bio, but mm. even creating your own artworks. Right. Which are so dope. Thank you. You're such a talented multi-creative. Did so you learn good. all this at journalism or it was just mm. your thing that you wanted to create different assets mm. and different arts? Right. Well, I have always been a creative. Honestly, it's one of those things since I could talk, I've been singing and entertaining. And being raised by a single mom that I've watched her do everything herself, I've learned that being an independent artist that also manages herself, I kind of have to learn how to do a lot of things. So I always liked graphic design. So I did my own artwork, had to study on how to make EPKs, press kits, learned how to do that. It's really just... Being an independent artist makes you so self-sufficient. So I think that's where I got it from. And it's all, I'm always learning, learning how to do new things, <clears throat> learning how to... But I think what I enjoy the most about you explaining, you know, your passion for this is mm-hmm. you just like are glowing talking about, like you seem to be enjoying it. Love it. How did you end up being the person who's creating your own artwork or, or your own bio and you find a way of enjoying it because most of the other artists, they always find like, oh, it's a burden Mm. for me to write an email, Mm -hmm. to write a bio, Mm -hmm. you know, to do a pitch for myself. But it essentially should not be a burden. Mm. It should be a joy. So you should find it in yourself to be comfortable in self-promotion or self-branding for lack of a better word. Mm -hmm. Where do you find that comfortable spot? Well, I will say it's not the most fun thing to do. It's it's very time consuming. Yes. It can get frustrating doing things by yourself a lot. But because I'm so passionate about this art and this creative direction and just being a creative, I've just learned to be like, and I know no one's going to do it better than I am. Mm. And no one's going to execute it in the exact way I want it to mm. be done. Because you are the one seeing the vision. Yes, yes. And, you know, along the way, you'll find people that can help execute the vision, but it's very hard. So I've just learned how to 
do the artwork myself, write the bio myself, but I'm trying to let go and delegate more Mm. so that especially the things you can let Mm. go of Mm -hmm. I I feel like it's still not easy for somebody Mm. else to tell your story better than you right but there are other things over and above the story like Mm -hmm. you know projects implementation that other Mm -hmm. people can do right but you probably can write your bio best than anyone yeah (laughs) and I'm like you have to learn all the facets of your business before you have someone before I even get someone to manage me I need to know what I'm hiring them to do so mm. that they don't come and tell me, oh, this is what you need. And I'm like, no, I know what I need. That was a good answer. It was a good answer. <laughs> it was a good answer. I feel like we started talking about, you know, all these things that uh, Valerie does for herself and her brand right. before reintroducing Valerie to those who are listening mm-hmm. in case they might not have heard of your music or mm-hmm. known where you're from. So Valerie Modoni is a right. Kenyan-American singer I want to say dancer, you know, creative director, but just really an amazing artist in whatever Mm -hmm. she does. You know, you see her touch in it. Like I see your artworks and there's kind of like, an just essence. A, there's an essence, mm. you know, it's very Valerie. It's very yes. cool. Over and above that, mm-hmm. I think you have songs that, you know, speak to women, especially mm-hmm. songs that evoke feelings of confidence, yes. you know, from power with Fena, Fena and Zinia, who's mm-hmm. your bestie, mm-hmm. to, you know, brown sugar, to yes. Vitukwa Brownie different. Yes. Like, and for some reason, I always think of your songs and think of how bold the titles are. Like, mm. I see your songs, I see the titles. Yeah. And what I also love about you is how you double in singing and yeah. rapping. Yeah. I find that super cool. And really? I, I don't know, like, how do you define yourself? Are you a singer or are you a rapper? Or which one are you more than the other? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for a while there, I wasn't sure if it was a good thing or it was working against me. Because sometimes when people can't put you in a box like they can't say oh you're the best singer or you're a rapper and you do all these things I sing I rap I do R&B I do hip-hop I do Afrofusion when I feel it I do like trap so I've just always been multifaceted I never thought I was gonna be a rapper I'd always planned to be a singer since I was a kid Mm. and then I started doing poetry in high school and then that evolved into rap I was like oh I can do this and I saw the reaction of when I rap people are paying way more attention people are like oh my god so I was like okay throughout my career I've been trying to find that balance between singing and rapping and using it to my advantage Mm. and I think it's working out really good so far especially in this upcoming EP wink wink so vision 2020 is a project of accumulation of all my experiences that I went through during the pandemic Mm -hmm. and the lockdown that's love heartbreak hope like growing rebirth as a person transformation depression all those things I put them in the music and through those experiences I gained 2020 vision so vision 2020 Mm. 2020 vision Mm. Yeah, that's it. I'm so proud of the project. It's been three years since my last EP. Mm -hmm. And I've grown so much musically as a human being. I'm definitely not the same person I was. Mm. And so I hope people enjoy it as much as I have. And it's taken a while to put it out. You know, artists are very sensitive about their art, especially when it's so personal to them. Of course, There's a lot of past. There's like one or two songs that are incredibly vulnerable. So um, I just pray that people take it and and process it as the way mm. they like. Which are these songs that you talk about, you know, that are incredibly vulnerable and mm. why 
did you feel like, you know, I let myself out there like I haven't before? Well, there's a song on there called If I Do, If I Don't, basically saying I'm damned if I do and I'm damned if I don't mm. because there was like some certain events in 2020 that happened on the internet that were very traumatic and I never really spoke about them. You know, people at the time, everyone wanted me to say my side of the story. It was put out a statement. Then there were other people in my ear telling me, don't say anything, just keep quiet. The internet is going to forget. And with that experience, I lost a lot of friends. I lost, it was life-changing. So in that song, I kind of like say my side of the story and say what I was feeling, how I was feeling. And that was my way to process that. And I've I feel like I have processed it and I'm, mm. I'm glad it's finally coming out because, you know, music is the way artists tell their truth or say their side of how they feel. And so I can't wait. It's not really a ball party. If people are going to turn up to it, it's really just I put that out for myself, mm -hmm. not for anyone else. Yo, mm -hmm. Deep, I'm actually sorry, you know, that incident happened and I missed that incident mm. i'm not even gonna lie about it don't I, yeah yeah i don't want to ask her what happened but <laughs> mm. a lot is happening on social media yes. and for me i appreciate that i finally started living life outside of social media mm -hmm. and i feel like also that started with the covid period mm. you know it was just a, before that that just this addiction that right you know what are people saying on twitter right. i posted on this Literally. channel it's crazy but i'm enjoying existing yes. outside of social media from time yes. to time you know because yeah. sometimes social media comes with a lot of baggage mm -hmm. and sometimes negativity which is mm -hmm. not what we're looking for when you go on there so not what i designed for not at all so mm -hmm. i missed what happened but i can imagine that kind of stress and that kind of pressure mm -hmm. and that kind of you know bad vibes if at all mm -hmm. they were that bad so i'm sorry and i'm Thank so you. glad you're over and above that and now yes. you're even putting out a song for yourself yes we're speaking dope. of social media even like i took a social media break mm -hmm. hiatus from january to like march this year this year okay yeah i had to you just wanted a little break i had a time you know there's an interview i was watching for stormzy and he was just talking about how god didn't design human beings to know what everyone is doing at every moment. Yani, I'm seeing, okay, Nico is in Belgium. This one is here. I'm seeing someone that talked smack about me is hanging out with my friend. Like, there's so many things that we were not designed for. Mm. Others would have been able to read people's thoughts. And social media, I was no longer using it for entertainment. It was becoming very triggering and no longer, you know, you wake up on Twitter or Instagram, you see something that pisses you off. It sets the tone of your day. Mm. So I really needed to go and reassess what I want to use social media for. And I think now I'm in a good... It's clear. Yeah, it's clear for me. Yo, that was deep. The time you were out of social media, I think, mm -hmm. is before you went on the American tour. It was after. It was after. So mm -hmm. when did you go on the tour? Because I was following the tour. Because then yes. I remember during that period, I saw you gigging. Yeah. So you, you know, having a great time <laughs> in America, hang out with yes. farm and your friends. Yes. It wasn't even meant to be a tour, honestly. I was just, I hadn't been, so I'm an American citizen. I was born there in mm -hmm. Indiana. But I hadn't been there in over 16 years. So this wow. was my first time back in the States. So I was just going to visit a friend and my grandma in Indiana. Then I ended up booking a gig in D.C. Somehow I ended up going to L.A. and New York and just visiting these new places and mm -hmm. meeting new people. 
And it was one of the best, most surreal experiences I've ever had. Doing this cross-country alone, traveling alone by myself. I'm like, am I a grown woman right now? <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. I'm so grateful. God was really like providing for me and with me every step of the way. Alignment, like literally. So then when I came home in December, I did a gig. Then December was just a very wild time. I came home to a lot of things happening. Then that's what kind of made me just go offline. Mm. But now I'm back. Awesome. Better. You must have felt different and you to be back to your country after yeah. such a long time. Yeah. But as a grown woman, you know, yes. running your own things, mm -hmm. taking yourself around. Mm -hmm. What did grandma say? And especially even about your career in music, yes. you know, seeing that little girl now grown having up. grown up. Right. I think Shosho was just happy to have me there. I spent Thanksgiving with her. I was with my whole Kenyan family out there. Just those gems that only grandmas can give. When I was sad about Sadria's relationship, she's like, girl, ain't nobody needs to make you that sad. Like, you are a queen. And she's just <laughs> affirming me. So um, even just with the music, she didn't say anything specific, but I know she's proud of me. Mm. And I'm so grateful to have that support in my life. And where's your mama right now? In this moment, she's at work. In <laughs> but Kenya? She's in Kenya, yes. Okay. I live with her. Okay, so you all both came to Kenya. Yes. Okay, interesting. Yeah, interesting. Yes. So we came here in 2006 mm -hmm. and we've been living here ever since, just me and her. And where did you study journalism or actually you're just at the verge of completing mm -hmm. your degree? Yes, I'm in my second last semester mm -hmm. right now. I just came from class actually before <laughs> this. Journalism, eh, it's been a while. I should have graduated by now, but I've taken a few semester breaks because, you know, I went to the U.S., I did like perform so many things that I don't regret doing, but it has extended my graduation time. Mm. But I'm finally finishing and I'm so happy <laughs> to have that monkey off my back. <laughs> like That's amazing. So I wanted to take you back to your earlier influences, you know, mm -hmm. growing up. I think you spoke about your mommy, mm -hmm. you know, inspiring you, mm -hmm. being a single mom, mm -hmm. being able to do all these things, mm -hmm. made you feel like I can also put my hand in different things I want to do, just like mommy. Yes. But over and above that, who are your other influences? Did you have any father figures? Mm -hmm. Do you have other family members who are supportive? Mm -hmm. And also what kind of music or musicians did you listen to right. You know that made you want to be who you are today? Well, I'd say apart from my mom, my uncles obviously are like, you know, my two uncles, shout out to Uncle Solo and Uncle Charles. They have definitely, you know, been a father figures in my life mm. that, are, you know, I always feel protected and encouraged by. And who was I inspired by? Well, I grew up seeing Missy Elliott, Destiny's Child, Beyonce, you know, Rihanna, Neo, Nicki Minaj. Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson was a very big inspiration as a performer, life performer. I'd say those have been my main influences. Mm. Yeah. And for different things, I feel like I have Nicki Minaj influencing like my rap persona. I have Michael Jackson influencing my love for life performance art. Destiny's Child as well. 
the oh. soulful, spicy, yes. spicy season, girl. You know, and like putting on the, the metal, the outfits, the melodies, the swag, the swag. Yeah, you know, I see. Each child just gave what I they needed it. to give. So yeah, I see it. I see it. So before we started this interview, we were actually having our own chat, and I was telling you one of the other reasons I really love you, and you're one of my favorite artists. Period is. Um, you really do keep it consistent, even though you might listen to your older records and feel like, ah, how was I sounding here? Mm-hmm. Like even driving to this interview, I was listening to your discography at random. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, yes. Then I look, I'm like, this is from 2018. Yes. So for 2020, oh this gosh. is from 2022. And then 2023, I feel like from the first time I got to know Valerie Modoni, mm-hmm. you have only changed for the better to surprise me, you know, to give me, more spice to give me more of what I didn't know I needed mm-hmm. but I you never really disappointed me it only Thank gets you. more and more Ila and cooler especially what? when you rap what and you I'm literally fighting back tears no, because like, for real truly I feel and this is me giving you your flowers like I said even when we were chatting it's like even on my first EP you showed me love and to receive this like love and from you, it's it means a lot. Because Aniko, she knows the stars of the stars. <laughs> she represents the baddest of the baddest, the biggest and the best. So I'm so grateful. And thank you. I was telling how I was just like, I wish I could delete those older projects. Because no, when I listen all. to my voice, I'm like... And I don't and I don't know why I thought about that. And then you're like, I wish I could delete. Because I was just like, the 2018 (laughs) Valerie, she was still so badass. She was. She was. She was. Some badass beats (laughs) collabs over there. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And we're only getting better. We're only getting better. Yeah. So do you want to take him through the EPs from 2018? Right. So my first EP called The Wavy Soul. I'm a Pisces. I'm a wavy baby. I love the ocean. So, you know, we had to put it in there. It was my first EP and I was singing in there. I had some poetry in there. I had R&B. I had a little bit of hip hop. And yeah, that was my introduction to the industry, which I was such great reception. I'm so grateful. Then I had Pisces Season which was a three-track EP. It was one R&B song, one hip-hop song called Legendary, and then Spicy Season, which is yeah. my biggest the, hit Yes, yes. <laughs> I think that's when yeah. everyone... Yeah. That was a big up. break. Yeah. It was. And a dope video at that. It was. Very dope. Thank you. Directed that with the Natasha Ayo. Of course, you directed it. Yeah. Girl. Girl. <laughs> Love it. Right. Thank you. And CJ Pixel shot it and edited yeah, that was a moment. We brought together the culture of Nairobi at the time. I feel like we put it in a time capsule and put it on a video. Because right. I just invited all my homies and they came. And I had Belair and Bombo sponsoring. Yeah. So it was, was so such cool. a great... That was, 29, that was 2019. Before 2020 came and just, you know, flipped things on its head. Yeah, after that, in 2020, late 2020, I did a virtual concert. And I made a live album out of it called Sugar and Spice Live Sessions. And yeah, that's just me and my band, the Jukebox Band. And we're just going crazy. My whole discography live. Because I love live albums. Like Beyonce has some live albums. I just, it's less perfect and it's more real and more authentic. Yeah. So yeah, and that's where we're at right now. I'm just 
And now the EPU Vision 2020. Congratulations. What does mom think? Does mom support <laughs> you? Is yes. she proud? Yes. I think she supported me from day one. That's After high nice. school, she allowed me to do a music production diploma. And that's her just supporting me then, you know, before I did my degree. I'd like to believe she's proud of me. She doesn't say it too often, <laughs> so I don't get a big head. And, you know, moms, how they are. Yeah. But I know with the things she shows me and supports me that I know she she's proud. Mm. And I, Nabado, I want her to be able to buy the woman a house, you know? Of course. A car. Of course. So, yeah. Of course. From your mouth mm. to God's ears. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. What is your relationship with performance? I know you love to perform. You, you know, you get a new life from mm. just being on stage. So tell yeah. me about that. You know, you've toured a lot, even in the past, had mm. an opportunity to share big stages with right, big artists. Right. You know, the likes of Saudi Soul, Burner Boy. Yes. Tell me more about performances. I feel like now this year, things are back in Kenya. Like yeah. before and before this year, it wasn't really mm. back to normal until this year. So mm. gigs have started coming yeah, and people are not afraid to be out mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i love live performance art it's been my favorite since i was a kid to this day i still go watch hours of people's like tours perform even this renaissance tour that i don't know if <laughs> africans will ever see but i've always enjoyed just the theatrics of it all because music is great when you're listening to it, but when you get to experience it, it adds a whole other dimension true, to it, true. you know? And I love it when artists not just use music, but they use visuals and choreography and, and costume. And it's so exciting to me. It brings together all the things I love and puts it on a stage. And the energy from people is so amazing. I can't even explain it. You know, seeing someone sing word for word your song and, hype you up and it's so beautiful so that to me live performance is my favorite part of being a musician and i'm praying i get better at it because i'm not where i want to be yet mm. but you know i pray i continue getting a good team around me that of course. can help make me better and yeah Great. so i saw on social media mm -hmm. i saw you went over to bn had a nice time with yeah. him at his home played yeah. him the music yeah and you did this beautiful post and said oh i had a nice time with bn and the goat is satisfying my yeah uh, my ep i think that's a really amazing thing you did because a lot of artists sometimes stay close to their own mm -hmm. art and craft and even on this podcast a lot of artists have told me stuff like I don't listen to other music because mm -hmm. it influences me and I don't want any outside influence mm -hmm. so it's not every artist who's gonna go to another artist and say listen to this what do you think about it because there's a risk mm -hmm. that they could think it's or oh, yeah. it doesn't work. Yeah. And then that could throw you off and, mm -hmm. you know, mess with your plan. Yeah. So tell me about, you know, that dive right. when you decide I'm going to sit down with such an amazing songwriter and I want him to tell me the truth. It's uh -huh. definitely a bit scary because <laughs> BN is BN of Saudi Soul. BN Amy Barasa, come on, guys. You know, and but like you <laughs> said in the post, it sort of feels all divinely aligned because when I was in high school, he met my mom and my mom made him write me an autograph and it said, you know, good luck in this music thing. And then even when I was back in like 2019, when I needed a place to do dance rehearsals, he'd always let me use soldier and he's always been accessible to me. And I'm so grateful for that. And I was a bit scared because I'm like, if he doesn't like it, Valerie, 
it's okay. <laughs> you know? But I told myself, like, take the constructive criticism well. And if there's things about, like, your EP or your music that's intentional, because, you know, every artist is different. He might like something or some other thing. He might be like, I don't like this. And I'd be like, well, I like it. Exactly. So I had to remind myself that you can stick to your guns. Yeah. And, you know, take what you, what deck or the honest feedback you can, but also, you know, stick to your artistry and be confident in knowing that you know what's right for your music. Mm. So um, it was scary, but he was amazing. He listened. <laughs> he really gave me his undivided attention. And it was awesome. And it was very rare. Because I'm like, and this was like two days before he was flying out yeah. for his tour. So yeah, shout out to you, Bian. Really Have you done such a thing before or probably in the studio with other artists or other producers when you're producing mm. and you're like, hey, yo, we just finished this track. Mm. Maybe one artist, Mudhani Drama Queen, mm. she is sort of like a mentor. The way we sold their first EP. Mm. <laughs> I remember <laughs> she telling me, yeah, Valerie, this is because at the time the mixing and mastering audio engineering was terrible. Oh, she was like, Valerie, you can't put this out like this. And I started crying because I was like 17. Oh. I'm like, oh my God. But I'm so grateful because she's my hardest critic and I'm grateful for her. And I went and I rewalked it and I worked on it again. And she's one of the reasons why I also never allow myself to put out anything mediocre. Mm. So it's important. It's scary as an artist, but have someone outside of yourself and outside of your team that's just going to be yes, man, to tell you honestly what you need to hear. Mm. You don't have to agree with all of it. You don't even have to take all the advice, but it's good to hear it mm. sometimes. I see the kind of artist, you know, who inspire you or who you look up to or who you admire who are the other artists who also give you this vibe? They mm. don't have to be from Kenya, from wherever. That you know. inspire me? Yeah, that inspire you, that you look up to and you would get a chance to have them listen to your records, you'd share with them. I really, really love Nasty Seed. I love Nyashinsky. Nyashia. I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, really manifesting meeting and maybe even collaborate. I've oh. met him, but I want to collaborate that with him. That would be nice. Burner Boy. I don't know if Burna Boy would have the time to listen to a whole EP, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> if you give him a smoke, he probably will. I got you, my bro. <laughs> yes, you could. Uh, oh my yes. goodness. But I'd say those for now. I don't know if anyone else comes to mind, but in Africa, it's like Nasisi, Nyashinsky, Burna Boy are my mm. favorite, favorite artists. And in your experience in the industry so far how is it navigating the kenyan music industry i think conversation that always comes up is what's happening in kenya why we're lagging behind mm. da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. i feel like sometimes there are a lot of advancement that that we have or a lot of development happening in the industry but because we could get stuck up in saying we're not moving. Mm. Then we don't see what are other great things are happening. A lot of other great things are happening. Mm-hmm. And for me, what I've seen happen, which is amazing in this industry, is just a lot of artists producing dope content, you know, yeah. more EPs, more albums. Yeah. There was a time when EPs and albums were so rare, but mm. now there are so many, you literally can't catch up. Nice. So in my opinion, we are making progress, yeah. maybe not as fast as everyone would wish. Uh-huh. But how would you, you know, review the Kenyan music industry as an artist who exists in this industry? industry? I'm really proud of us. I feel like as Kenyans in general, we're very resilient people Mm -hmm. and we take the jabs as they come and we keep it pushing. 
But yeah, it's very easy to be pessimistic because the Kenyan music industry does have its faults and does have its frustrations. But like things that were, were actually moving right now, I can name like maybe three music programs that are like incubator programs for DJs, for producers, for managers, for event organizers. Shout out Perform, shout out Santuri mm-hmm. East Africa, shout out... You know, that's amazing because before the the problem was we don't have the knowledge or like school proper, proper curriculums for people to learn professional music industry stuff. And Mm. now we are having a lot of that. We never had Spotify before. Now we have Spotify. Exactly. Now we have artists like Nikita doing soundtracks for Netflix. Like, there's so many things, right? Shout out to Anika. There's so many great things that are happening. Now we have, you know, Kenya's first series on Netflix. Great. And it's on Netflix Global because there's the... Looks Africa. Africa and Global. So it's amazing. And there's a new Netflix series coming up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So amazing things happening. So we we truly just have... If we choose to look at the glass as half empty, of course, it's going to be half empty, but... I choose to be optimistic about it. I know there's a lot of things I can complain about, but I'm really proud of us and I'm mm. grateful for the opportunities that continue to open up. As a musician who exists and who's active in the industry, what are the things that you feel need more support or that we can work more on? Mm. And for me, I always felt like it's that building on the professionals, building on the skill. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people want to help mm-hmm. and are positioned as publicists, managers, but they don't know the technical know-how. Right. It's just they don't cool. have the skill. So now that more and more people are getting the skill or getting mm-hmm. opportunities to get the skill, I feel like this is going to benefit our industry in the next couple of years. Yes. So what else do you feel we can do? Mm-hmm. You know, for those who want to work in the industry, want to work with artists, mm-hmm. what do we need to do? Well, the event industry is a lot messy. When it comes to like the politics of even like payments to even live sound, it's very few organizations and event organizers that are doing the thing and doing it on time and actually following through when they say they're going to pay you at a certain time. Most of the payments for artists are coming in quite late. You know, and even just like, I don't know if it's in every industry, but they're always trying to underpay people, you know. They'll save the millions for the headliners. And like, that's great. Have your headliners, but forget even the millions. It goes down to even how you're treating Mm. these artists. Uh, You know, I've gone to events where the supporting acts, they're all put in one tent. They don't have food or the drinks, you know, where is your, they haven't been fulfilled, the technical rider or the hospitality rider. And there's no repercussions. They're like, you see, you're here to do the performance. You perform. It's like no respect, which is unfortunate because the artists are bringing their Kenyan crowd, you know, they are diehard fans. So I'm really praying that it changes and evolves. And I saw an interview the other day, event organizing aside, where an artist was like, it's like for you to make money as an artist in Kenya, now you have to be an influencer as well. Which I was like, that's a part of that is kind of true. Well, not fully, but like the biggest revenue streams for a lot of artists these days is brand endorsements like influencing something Hmm. which you know ideally in an ideal world artists should be able to sell their merch and make money or sell their music and make or perform at a concert and make a decent amount exactly because the amount of money as artists that we have costs for especially female artists you hire a male artist they'll come they'll do the show us we have to make up artists stylists yeah 
you know, there's so much more that goes into it. I think you hit the nail on the head. Mm. You know, we are coming to a situation or an industry where it's, an artist could probably get paid more to influence than to perform on stage. Right. You know, literally, literally. And even then, there are still advertising agencies that want to be the middlemen and underpay mm. those influencers. Please, if you see artists, you know, selling merch or selling content or doing their own shows, mm. please support them. Please support them. And yeah. it's funny because I posted actually something yesterday on social media because there's a friend of mine who interviewed me for her podcast and she cut as a little clip of what I was saying. And then she said, we need to talk more about paying creatives because I was speaking in that podcast and saying the first artist who paid me as a publicist they paid me despite the fact that I didn't have an invoice and I didn't have a fee. You know, I didn't have a rate mm-hmm. yet at that point, the very mm-hmm. first two gigs. Mm. So I was saying in that podcast, like, thank you so much to the artists who paid me, yeah. even when I couldn't supply an invoice. And after they paid me, that's when I started knowing, like, what could be my rate and mm. Kumbe, I can actually charge other artists who come to me because they would now be coming and saying, we also don't have money, we also don't have money. Mm -hmm. So what I want to say in response to what you've said, anybody Mm -hmm. listening, anybody watching, Mm -hmm. be the change we crave for in this industry. Don't Mm -hmm. be the person sitting in the agency. Don't be the manager. Don't be the person sitting in a corporate office taking advantage of the creatives and the artists in the scene. And especially taking advantage of them because they're not as experienced or that they are young. Mm-hmm. People take advantage of young people. It's just like, or because this is an artist unions. <laughs> 33 years old and mm. she's 23. So mm. we'll take advantage of her till she's 30 and she right. knows her body. It's so wrong. Like, I want to be the change and I want to treat my staff and colleagues mm. better than I was treated coming up in the industry. So right. if we had more people treating the creatives like that, you would mm-hmm. not come to a gig and be mistreated mm-hmm. or be underpaid. Mm-hmm you'd actually be paid more because there's more money. But these people always just bag in Mm -hmm. the extra money and still pay you less than you should be paid. Mm -hmm. So that's truly unacceptable. And it's something I think this industry needs to work hard at. I always have conversations with my mom and, you know, she's always like, yeah, this is the way it should be, but also there's the way it is. So what are you going to do with what it is right now? Mm -hmm. And like, so for artists, I found um, there's this thing called Msani where they print out like a tip poster mm-hmm. and when I'm performing people can scan it and tip me and it's things like those artists find ways to get the most out of the platforms you and have. I, and I like that thing. I love it. And yeah. I started seeing it since the COVID time yeah. because there were a lot of virtual concerts mm-hmm. or sometimes people are just going on YouTube or mm-hmm. mostly Instagram or Facebook to do their thing. Lives. And then they're like, oh, you could send money to this. I loved yeah. it. I loved it. I yeah. really loved it. And I think I sent some money a couple of times to some people. Yeah, yes. maybe Noel Derito. He was also doing that. So shout out, Noel. Shout out to you. Yeah. Like, if you want to get on social media and sing a song for us and yeah. ask us to tip you we will tip you yeah and the real ones will come through for you trust yeah. like that would be enough for your uber home the next right. time like it really comes in handy when i say my kidogo kidogo hujaza kibaba exactly gotta be smart you have to be i love it i feel like i never know how the you know podcast is gonna go how the interview is gonna go and i feel like we spoke about so many things it was just the music but that's what i love about having this podcast and inviting different guests because we just went on our own tangents yes exactly so it's unfortunate we come to the end no ah 
what do you want to say to anyone listening? Wow. You know, those who have been representing for Brown Sugar from day yes, one. Yes. You know, and your family, your friends. Yes. Any message you want? Anything. Yeah. Well, first of all, shout out to Nico. Like I said before, give her her flowers. Subscribe. Give her your money. I, I also just want to thank, you know, anyone that's been following me. And not just following me, but invested in my career that's bought a ticket, that's shared my music, put me on their playlist. Like, I see each and every one of you, even though I may not be able to respond to it. And I'm so, so grateful. And I pray that you guys are blessed. If you're an artist and you're trying to make music, keep going. We're going to do it. We're going to make it. And EP, Vision 2020 is streaming now. Thank you, Brown Sugar. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank I you. wish you well in everything. This EP is popping. Asante Sana for the dope music. Asante Sana for those who are listening. This was Brown Sugar at my podcast VIP Access. Next week, we're giving you access to yet another celebrity and superstars mm -hmm. lifestyle. You know, letting you know what goes down behind the music, behind their business. And so that note that we end the show today. Much love.